Welcome, and thanks for listening along with Kingstown Communion, an inclusive and affirming United Methodist Church in the Kingstown area of Alexandria, Virginia. And our community exists to gather people, just like you here now, into communion with Christ and extend God's table into the world through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. This podcast is just one way that we live this out. For more information about our church or to give to our ministry, visit kingstowncommunion.net. And if you live nearby, we hope you'll join us for worship on Sundays at Hayfield Secondary School.
for posterity in wood and paint and glass. And while all the styles and colors have been varied throughout the year, Mary is always, always, think how you see her, the, Mary is always the picture of femininity, dressed in yards and yards of silk. Or, or her, her golden hair with, with a crown around her head, her nails perfectly manicured. She looks so composed that it is, it's hard to remember she is just a girl. In her early teens, not, not, her, not her twins, who has had precious little experience with men or angels in this world. She usually is shown either spinning or reading at her at her her prayer desk, absorbed in her work. When out of nowhere comes this magnificent angel, as beautiful as she is, right? Dressed like um, like some papal emissary with a tiara on its on, on head, it be, I don't know, or a garland of flowers studded with, with flames. And in most pictures, the feathers of his, his great spread wings in these paintings, and they're all white, but in, in at least one medieval painting, they're actually the feathers of a peacock. And in his hand is usually a lily or an olive branch, or a royal scepter, signs of purity and peace and authority that he, that he brings from above. And somewhere in the Annunciation scene, you can usually find a dove and a sign that, that what is happening is under the guidance of the Holy Spirit in this moment. But, but down below, everything depends on you. Gabriel is not standing over her in these depictions. He kneels in front of her. He kneels in front of this 13-year-old girl, upon whose answer he and God and the whole creation depends. But Mary did not really get to give an answer. The angel did not ask her if she would like to be the mother of God. She was told she would be. That God had been gracious to her and that, and that she would bear a son. And that he would be king of Israel forever. And the angel did not ask her how that sounded to her at all. He told her, the Lord is with you, he said. And, and Luke tells us that Mary was so much perplexed by these words as anyone would be. She was a good Jewish girl. She had, she had heard about the Garden of Eden and about how Eve had, had bungled all the things up for good by believing that she was told by an equally strange creature. And so perhaps Mary did not want to make the same mistake. So she interrogates the angel. She interrogates the angel a little bit. How can this be? She wanted to know exactly whose idea this was, exactly how it would happen. She wanted to make sense out of what made no sense to her, as we all do. 
that God had decided to surrender God's self to flesh and blood, but that God needed her help too. Needed her surrender in order to make possible God's own eventual surrender. How can this be, Mary asks, and that is all she ever asks. But, but there, there are, are several other questions she could have asked, right? Will Joseph stick around? Will my parents still love me? Will my friends stand by me at all? Will, will I get dragged into town and stoned for this? Will the pregnancy go all right? Will the labor be hard? Will, will there be someone there to help me when the time comes? Well, I know what to do. You said the child will be the king of Israel? Well, what about me? What will I be? Will I survive this birth? What about me? Shouldn't ask any of these questions. If any such questions occurred to Mary at all, she did not ask them. Maybe they did. According to Luke, she, she listened as the angel told her the barest of details about this crazy event, about how it would all come to pass, and then came to her. It came finally her turn to speak. And what would she say? It was going to happen. That much seemed clear. But still, she had a choice to make. What would she say? Whether to say, Yes, and start singing God's song of hope, or to say no and take hold of her own life, whether to, to defend herself against it however she could. Mary was the only one in the history of the world who had that particular decision to make. The Eastern Church knows her as Theotokos which means the God-bearer, who consented to carry, give birth, to nurse, to raise the Son of God. Only one person was ever drafted to do that, but still it is hard to hear her story without hearing more than a little of our own story. There, there is so much talk these days about all the, the choices we have in life, um, and about how it is up to each one of us to choose our own lives, our own destiny. But more often than not, they, they seem to choose us. These, these blessed moments in life. Our best laid 10-year plans, right, are interrupted by life's own plans for us by sudden illness, or, or surprise babies, or by aging parents, or the economy. Terrible things happen, and wonderful things happen, but seldom do we know ahead of time exactly what will happen to us. Like Mary, our choices often boil down to yes, I will sing God's song of hope, or no, I will do my own thing. Yes, I will live this life that is being held out to me, or no, I will not. Yes, I will explore this 
unexpected turn of events, or no, I will not. If you decide to say no, you just simply kind of drop your eyes and, and, and refuse to look up until you know the angel has left the room now. <laughs> and you're alone again. And, and then you smooth your hair and go back to your spinning or your reading at the desk or whatever it is that you're most, that you're most familiar with. And you pretend that nothing has happened at all. And your, if your life begins to change anyway, you have several options. You can be stoic about it. You can refuse to accept it. You can put all your energy into ignoring it and insist in spite of all the evidence before you that it is not happening to you. If that does not work, you can become angry, as many of us do defending yourself against the unknown and spending all of your time trying to get your life back the way it used to be. And then, of course, you can be bitter, comparing yourself to everyone else whose lives are more agreeable than yours. We know people who have gone this route, lamenting your unhappy fate, if you, if you succeed in this, your life may not be an easy one, but you will not see it as your, your no having contributed to that. Or you can say yes to singing God's hope. You can decide to be a daredevil, a test pilot, a gambler, you can set your book down and listen to a strange creature's strange idea. You can decide to take part in, in a plan you did not choose. Doing things you do not know how to do for reasons you do not entirely even understand. But you can take part in this thrilling and dangerous scheme with no with no script and no guarantees of what this life will give you, you can agree to, to kind of smuggle God into the world inside your own little body. Deciding to say yes does not mean that you are not afraid. Singing God's songs of hope does not mean that you do not some days have despair. It just means that you are not willing to let your fear stop you that you are not willing to let your fear keep you knocked, knocked down or locked in your room. And so you say yes to singing God's song of hope. You say yes to the angel. You say, here I am. Let it be with me according to your word. And so saying, you become, you become one of Mary's people. You become a God-bearer too. You become Theotokos, who is willing to bear God in the world. We are all meant to be mothers of God, wrote one theologian. But good it is. Good it is to know that. 
If this eternal birth of the divine son takes place unceasingly, but does not take place within myself, what will I be? What will it be? And what good is it to me if Mary is full of grace, if I am not also full of grace? And what good is it to me for the creator to give birth to his son if I do not also give birth to his son in my times and in my culture, in my now? This then is the fullness of time when the Son of God is begotten in us, says the theologian. What good is Mary to us? What good is Christmas Eve to us if God is not born in us too? And so greeting, favorite ones. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. Amen. 